Local voices, local conversations. NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us here at NapaBroadcasting.com. We are deep into the heart of elections already. Just drive around any street in our community. The signs are everywhere. We're going to begin all of our candidate conversations coming up here in a day or two. But what better way to begin to kick off our coverage of the 2016 election locally than to be joined by Napa County Clerk, Assessor, Registrar, Recorder, John Tudor. John, thanks so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be back, and there's nothing like an exciting election time to get our acquaintance with you and your listeners reestablished. Well, I want to talk a little bit about this exciting election time, because what we're seeing is a situation, and, you know, as two political junkies here, we can we can talk about this, a situation where for the first time maybe since 1968, the California primary matters in the presidential election, both arguably on the Republican and Democratic side, that's going to have a, a big impact on turnout, and that impact can affect some of our local races. Well, it could. I'm, we're ho- I always hope for the best turnout, which is 100% of all eligible voters, which is even more than those registered, unfortunately, because we'll only get about three out of every four eligible citizens to register to vote. But we're ready and to cope with a huge turnout. We're looking forward to it. We're excited that California, as you said, is still in play. So that's one thing we are looking at. Of course, there, and, and how that affects the local races is a different issue. You know, sometimes if it's a bond measure or if it's a tax measure, people want a smaller turnout or sometimes they want a larger turnout. So I'm not exactly sure what the impact will be on either local candidates or local measures, but it's certainly going to be an impact on our office, a beneficial impact in the terms of a large turnout. But we also are going to have some funding impacts that we're hoping that the state of California may help all counties with, with the surge in registration and hopefully large turnout. We'll we'll come back to that in a minute, certainly in terms Mm -hmm. of the turnout impacting candidates regardless of of any kind of measures or bond issues or money, I mean, just in terms of candidates, if you're running for in a particular, let's say, a supervisorial district, you look at the models in June primaries past, and you see a 30% turnout, a 35%, a 40% turnout, and you can kind of plan your campaign around those historical models. This time around, all bets are off. Turnout is definitely going to be bigger. Well, and I've always, as a candidate, having done it 10 times now, I have always assumed that everybody's going to vote. So I haven't tried, and of course, I'm not a sophisticated candidate. I've done it a lot, but I've run most of my campaigns myself, which is like a doctor operating on themselves. But um, I've always assumed that I could try and reach everyone who could possibly vote rather than targeting the most likely voters. But you're absolutely right. The old most likely to vote scenario may change this time. It may change, and it may change the fact that that more people from one party or another may turn out as a result of wherever the the political, the national political primary process is come June. Absolutely. Now, the thing is about that, of course, is, you know, with California's uh, partially open primary for president, we are going to have people are going to have to make up their mind very soon and the timing of your broadcast is just perfect so your listeners need to know that if they are not a registered republican now or by may 23rd and i'm hoping they'll do it no later than this friday so if they can register 
hopefully by Monday, as if they're not a Republican now and they want to vote Republican, to, they can still do that later. They have until May 23rd, but the earlier they do it, the more likely they are to get a correct ballot that they want instead of having to come in and change a ballot. So my suggestion is that people can go online at www.registertovote.ca.gov and that will take them right to a place where they can register online. It's, and it's a fascinating process. You and I discussed it when it first came back out in 2012. While you're registering and putting in your driver's license number, the system is going out to DMV and Department of Motor Vehicles and actually grabbing your signature off your driver's license so that when you register, you don't need to ever sign a paper form. We have your electronic signature that DMV captured. So people can register and I urge them to do that in the, you know, in the next few days. They have until May 23rd, but by May 23rd, they may have gotten another ballot, which they would have to bring in with them when they change parties because they can't have two ballots, of right. course. What if people don't know if they're registered? Generally, and somebody brought this up to me just recently, if they moved and they think they re-registered but they don't really know, how do they find out? Well, uh, let me tell you, you go to www.countyofnapa, I'm sorry, www.countyofnapa.org, and you go to, and as of today, I hope, or very soon, our election logo is going to be on the front page so that you can go right there, but if it's not there yet, you go to departments, I'm doing this as we speak, uh -huh. so I'm making sure it works. Right. And then you scroll down under departments to elections, and then you will see a at the bottom of the full five uh, blocks on the right, it says voter information. You click on that, it is now live. You put in your last name. I won't ask you for your date of birth, so I'll put my own in. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be embarrassed by how young you are. Oh, I you don't want to be embarrassed by how old I am. your date of birth, and you click search, and it says you are a voter in the election, if you are, uh, your voting precinct, and your um, uh, what party you're in. Right. So that's all you need to do. Now, we haven't got where your polling place is yet. That's still coming, but we're asking people to come back after Sunday, May 8th to look at that. But it does say if you're registered and it tells you what party you're in. So again... Now, is this a Napa County system or is this a statewide system that you're plugged into? This is Napa into? County mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. So the other, last name and date of birth. Right. Other counties don't have this necessarily. Some do, some don't. All right. So what is the last day for people to register? It is that May 23rd date? It is May 23rd, and they can register either in person with us online or mail-in uh, registration affidavit. Now, remember, our ballots are hopefully going out the week of May 9th, uh, which is, what, three weeks from now, just about? Today's the 20th? Yeah. And we hope people, everyone will have their ballot by May 16th at the very latest. And so if they don't have a ballot, if your listeners don't have a ballot in their hand by May 16th, then they need 
to come down to our office register and we can give them a ballot right then uh, up until the 23rd. Of course, after 5 o'clock on the 23rd of May, unless it's postmarked and you've mailed it, you can't register, but you can still vote provisionally. Whether that ballot counts or not is another question, but we don't turn anyone away from exercising their franchise. Whether we can count it or not becomes a decision we make after the election is held and we have the ballots that we have to review. Now, you brought up this issue of cost before. Talk a little bit about this. You anticipate the elect this election costing more? Yes. One of the reasons is the increase in voter turnout while we're doing all this other work and in the increase, not so much in vote, well, two things. One, we're printing more ballots than we normally would, for, even for a presidential primary because of this interest. Number two, with this surge in registration, we need more people to help us get the registrations into our system. When you register with Secretary of State, you're registered, but we still have to get you into our local system so we know your address and we send you the ballot, et cetera. So we're going to have to hire extra people to help with that. Then the third thing, which is not directly related to this election, Jeff, but which is important, is that a number of initiatives are out there circulating for the November ballot, including two local ones. Mm -hmm. And we may get slammed with a bunch of signature checking. So if we get 15, sign 15 petitions, which is the max I think we could get, at 500 signatures each on a random sample, we're looking at 7,500 signatures we have to check. And that's going to take us a while to do that, and we're going to need extra help to do that. Now, I'm not complaining about that. That's what California believes in the initiative and referendum process. But it takes people to do it, and it's going to hit right in the middle of our election preparations because of the timing. It's an odd situation with respect to the timing. I mean, it, it's really not perfectly designed to be the most efficient in that sense. No, and of course what's happened is, you know, the state has required all initiatives to go, except for ones passed by the legislature, which is one on this ballot, Proposition 50. 50. But all other initiatives and propositions have to go in November, so there's a big scramble to get them all done now and to get the signatures into us and for signature verification so that people will know how many propositions are on the November ballot. And there could be a number of them, upwards of 15 or 20, which will be a huge ballot. And that'll cost some extra money as well. Of course, yes. Mm -hmm. So what is the chance of getting any money from the state to offset this? Well, in most years, I would say zero or less. Mm -hmm. However, mm -hmm. because of what's happening in California and the legislature and the governor's interest in that, it may be approaching zero to 5%. I'm <laughs> kidding. I don't know. My pulse is, I don't have my finger on the pulse of Sacramento. I try and avoid that. Uh, but uh, there is some possibility that we could get some help uh, for these two very important issues because we have to get it done. And uh, the, you know, there's only, and many counties are not in good financial shape yet after the Great Recession. So, uh, we are hoping that something will be coming down the pike. Again, as I've said, uh, I don't think we're, I mean, we're not talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. We're probably talking between thirty and $50,000. Mm -hmm. 
uh, for the extra help staff we would need to get these two pieces of it done. Talk a little bit about the mail-in ballots, the percentage of the county that gets mail-in ballots, and what's going to be the deadline for you receiving those ballots in order the, for them to be counted on election, on or before Election Day. All right. So the law has changed on your second point, but let me answer your first question first. About 90% of Napa County's 70,000 registered voters, approximately 70,000, vote by mail. And uh, those mail ballots, as I said, will be going out to our voters by May 16th. And if someone doesn't have one by then or a... So they're going to get both a ballot in an envelope. And because of these local uh, initiatives, we have school bonds and sales tax and a a, a region-wide... Uh, uh, parcel tax, we're going to be sending each voter a vote-by-mail ballot in an official envelope, and then they'll also be getting those sample ballot pamphlets. Uh, Each voter will get two things, because we can't put all the material in with the ballot. The envelopes aren't big enough. And everybody, not everybody, but each household will also be getting a a state pamphlet with all 34 Senate candidates in it for U.S. Senate. So there are three pieces of mail that will come to each household. The state of California only mails by household, not by voter. And that's going to be a newsprint, uh, red, white, and blue uh, document. They'll get a sample ballot pamphlet from us. This is for every voter, which is also red, white, and blue, but is on heavier paper and has a picture of our ballot in it. And then they'll also be getting a actual in a separate white envelope, their official ballot with the return envelope to mail it back to us. Mm-hmm. So to answer your second question, we urge people to vote as early as they possibly can, which gives us more votes to count before election night so that we can do a better a look at the election at 8.01 p.m. on June 7th when we release all those ballots that we were able to count before Election Day. And the law permits us to start counting up to seven days in advance. We usually start counting on Sunday before the election and try and get at least half of the total vote we expect counted and out at 8.01 p.m. to give people a look at what's going on. But... This year, for the first time, for Napa County, as long as your ballot is your vote by mail ballot envelope is postmarked by election day, June seventh, and it arrives within three days after election day, we can count it. And that's new. That new three day grace period is new. Okay, say that again for for that went by quickly, and I can just hear people say, "What was that again?" To repeat All right. that, John. When you get your vote-by-mail ballot, right. we ask you to vote it as early as you possibly can, mm-hmm. and to avoid any chance of it not making it in time, we ask you to mail it no later than Wednesday, May, excuse me, Wednesday, June 1st. However, if you decide to hold on to it uh, so you can get more robocalls and more junk mail, <laughs> then you do need to either bring it to us at one of our vote-by-mail assistance centers on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday, and every voter will get a list of where those locations are. 
or drop it off at a polling place on election day and every voter will get a list of where all our polling places are where they can drop their ballots off if they're a vote by mail voter or at least get it in the mail and postmarked on June 7th. In the past, we had to have the ballot in our hot little hands by 8 p.m. on election day. Now the legislature has given a three-day grace period so that if someone does mail it on election day, the USPS has three days to get it to us, which means in this case that as long as we have it by uh, June 10th in our hands, postmarked by June 7th, remember, it still has to be postmarked on election day, but there's three days for those ballots to arrive. And in prior elections, we usually get 80 to 100 to 150 late ballots that come in the day after the election or two days after. Hopefully now those will be able to be counted as long as they're postmarked no later than June 7th. All right. You know, we talked about the extra money, the extra help that your office is going to need. Do you have that help lined up? Are there enough people available to you? Yes. We have a wonderful temp agency that the county contracts with. And they've already sent us our first person who's a month early because of the surge in registration. So we're already got that meter running, but we have, we've never run into a problem with the kind of temporary contract help we need. How much higher is the registration? You talked uh, several times about this surge in registration. How much is it? Well, it's currently not as high as our highest, which was about 71,500. Back in 2012, mm-hmm. uh, we're mm-hmm. not that high yet, but we're at 70,000 when often the presidential primary would only be in the mid 60s, I'm in the high 60s. So we're already uh, what I would consider to be at least a 1,000 to 2,000 more registered voters. And my guess is as the election, as the campaigns go on, especially at the national level, we may break, which would be very unusual, because always the highest registration is the presidential primary. We may actually break the presidential primary, the presidential general for this election, because as you said, the whole uh, state is in play for the national presidential election. It actually makes it kind of exciting. It's very, Well, every election for me is exciting, but this <laughs> does make it exciting, let me tell you. There's never a dull moment around Napa County when it's election time. Of course, it also means that the margin for error for something to go wrong is a lot higher, not just for you, but, but everywhere else. Oh, that's absolutely true. I saw, I was at the gym and I just caught one of those running headlines underneath that there was some concern about this was in Brooklyn, of course, right, right. Not, not not in Napa County, but that there was some concern about some hiccups at a polling place in Brooklyn. Just to give you the numbers, uh, the, in 2008, which was the Obama election for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, was 71,523. And then in, um, and I'll look up in a minute, the 2012 election, but the 2012 election was about that same number. And if we could come near or break those numbers, I got to tell you, that's very unusual for a presidential primary, especially, as you know, when they've been snorers in the mm-hmm. past for California. I think it's possible that it could break that this year. That would be exciting because in November of 2012, which was McCain versus Obama, mm-hmm. uh, 
the total registration was actually 72,592. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's our, that would be great if we got there or broke that. Uh, currently, we're at right around 70,000. So we still have a ways to go. Uh-huh. All right. But as I said, you know, there are about um, 23,000 eligible citizens in Napa County who don't register to vote. And if we got a good percentage of them, that would boost us way over the 72,000 and maybe up into the high seven. The other thing we should remind people, John, just in case they've been asleep for the past several months, you're back in your old office in the Carruthers building. We should remind That's people. correct. That's right. We're on the top floor of the Carruthers building, which is accessible from the 2nd Street parking garage. And there's a, a bridge right across to our office. And starting in another few days, probably around May 9th, we'll have special 20-minute parking spaces on the top floor of the 2nd Street parking garage. And, of course, for those coming by other means of transportation, they can enter in the alleyway under the bridge and then take the elevator or the stairs up to our office. Now, as far as the date when ballots are going out, you you said you hope and sort of uh, talk a little bit about that. Well, we're at the mercy of the United States Postal Service, mm-hmm. uh, and their we, election mail, including our ballots, used to be treated like first-class mail, but with the cutbacks that the Postal Service has had to take because of various things. You sure it's, it's because now, of, uh, is it because of that or because they took one look at the candidates and they decided, nah, first-class, not so much? <laughs> I didn't hear that. <laughs> um, they uh, they now treat us as priority, not priority mail, but as a higher standard mail. They Election materials get special tags on them and are supposed to be treated. But instead of a one, uh, one to two day turnaround, we're up to a two to three day turnaround from the moment it not hits our post office. They get it out the same day. But when it gets the big regional center down in Oakland. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping we can't mail the ballots until the ninth. Right. That's the law. So we hope to have them arrive at the post office on the eighth, which is that Sunday, or maybe on the ninth. And then I'm hoping they'll be out the twelfth, thirteenth, or fourteenth, which is the Saturday, but they should all be in voters' hands by the sixteenth, which is still almost three weeks before the election. And then from the ninth forward people can come by your office as well. Absolutely. And they can register up until the 23rd and walk away with their ballot. John Tudor, with all the latest news about what's going to be an exciting election, both locally, statewide, nationally, lots of things going on. And uh, I hope we do hit some kind of record turnout. It'd be kind of exciting. And Jeff, if you have a second, let me just give my direct dial phone number if anyone wants to ask me direct questions. It's 707-253-4459. And, of course, on the website, my email address is john.tutor at countyofnapa.org. And, of course, they may be calling you and asking who to vote for, but you won't be able to help them out with that. No, you'll tell them that. (laughs) I'm not allowed to. I will will gladly tell them that. (laughs) Okay, Uh, I knew that. All right. Napa County Clerk, Assessor, Registrar, Recorder, John Tudor. Thank you, John. Really appreciate it. I'm ready anytime you need me. All right. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com.